Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good afternoon. This is D. Yvonne Rivers, host of Birth Moms Real Talk podcast, the platform where birth moms share their journey and their story. And we talk about a hot topic, something that some people in the adoption community just don't want to talk about. I'm so pleased and excited. And really the first two-person podcast, I have Kristen and I have Lindsay. Kristen is a birth mom. Lindsay is a birth mom. Lindsay is Kristen's daughter. We're going to start from there. You'll figure it out by the time we get to the end of this podcast. Welcome today, Kristen and Lindsay. Hello. Thank you for having us. Good, good, good. Well, Kristen, I'm going to come to you first. For you to pretty much just start in sharing your story of becoming a birth mom, sort of go back and tell about your childhood and growing up before the time that you became pregnant and was going to be a mom. Sure, sure. So I'm going to I'm going to take you way back to 1969 when there's two couples that were involved. And one is a 15 year old set of couple that just realized that they were pregnant. Okay. And another couple was in their lower 20s and their first born daughter passed away shortly after birth. Mm. And with this passing, this couple was kind of warned by the doctor, maybe you guys should not try to have children again, mm. naturally and biologically. So they went home as typical parents who lose a child and were heartbroken and had to work through a few things. And then they decided that they thought maybe foster parenting would be the good thing or a route to go. So they found an agency and signed up to be foster parents. And kind of around the same time, this 15-year-old couple had decided to place me for adoption. So my birth mother actually went at this time, keep in mind the era, to a home for unwed mothers where she stayed the entire time she was pregnant. And after she had me, she went back to the small town she came from and went on with life as a 15-year-old, generally a child would do. And... About five weeks after my birth, my adoptive parents got a phone call and they said, they were told, you know, we have a little girl, she's five weeks old and she needs a foster home. And somewhere between the time they got this phone call and the 45 minute drive to where I was located in a Mm -hmm. foster home, they, the fostering switched from foster to adoption. So Wait, how, yeah. how did you switch in 45 minutes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so so what, hold up. Uh, let, let me get it straight. That you mm-hmm. were born, your mom was 16 and 15. she stayed, mm-hmm. she was in a unwed mother's. And so once you were born five weeks afterwards, you were set to go into a foster home. Correct. My, I was born small. And my lungs were not developed. And of course, I don't know all the bits and pieces and details, but I was in the hospital for quite some time. Okay. And then in a foster home, another foster home. Yep. Okay. 
So, so go back to, they were coming to pick you up. Yep. Yep. So they were coming to pick me up and they got there. And to this day, I'll never forget that my dad always told me you weren't expected. You were selected. And <laughs> it kind of took them off kind of by surprise. So they drove me home and <laughs> they admitted, they said, we really didn't know what to do with a baby. So for the first week, whenever I cried, they gave me a bath. So they discovered quite early that I love water. <laughs> they just chose a bath. Okay, let's see if a bath would calm yeah. her down and keep her quiet. Was that what it was? Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. And it worked. Okay. So, yeah. And then, then my mom was like, well, we kind of noticed your skin was pruning up more than not. So we decided that by bathing, we had to find another way to kind of calm you down. So, okay. But they figured it out, as parents do, and carried on. Now, help unconfuse me. <laughs> From the very beginning, you said there were two There were two sets of parents. There were some 20-year-olds, mm-hmm. and then there were some 15, 16-year-olds. And yep. both had children. The one who, the 20-year-old, that they had a child who passed away shortly. And the doctor advised yep. them not to have other birth children. So which right. one were you born of? I was born out of the 15-year-olds, and I was adopted by the 20-something. Okay, here we go. Now I've got correlation. Thank you, yeah. Kristen. Because it was yeah. like, we got a yeah. whole lot of parents and whatever, and kids, and who's <laughs> who's raising who, and all that. Okay, okay. Now I got it. Yeah. Now I've got it. Okay. Yep. So once uh, they came there, they picked you up. They said they didn't know what to do. This was their their first. How yes. did it change to, to adoption from foster? You got to clue me in with that. I really have not heard the full details on that. And so I wish I had an answer, but I don't. Okay. 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 So growing up as an adoptee. Okay. So share about Mm -hmm. your growing up story in the household, you know, school and all that. Okay. All right. So my parents decided to go against doctor's orders. And two years later, they did uh, try again and they had my sister. And then five years later, they tried again and they had my brother. So okay. I'm the oldest of three, but okay. I'm the only adoptee. Okay. Okay. And yeah. Yep. And they told me from the time I can remember that I was adopted. So I never did not know that. So what did that mean to you? Did you understand when you heard that you were adopted, what that really meant? I don't think I really knew what it meant until okay. I was about two or three years old. Okay. And there was a situation where a set of their friends, had adopted child and the birth mother came back and got the baby back. Mm. And mm-hmm. so there, they said there was a part of my two and three year old life. Like when the doorbell would ring, I would run and hide because I didn't want to be taken uh-huh. away. But did you realize so, that situation there, there was possibly your birth mom at the door or you were led to believe that? No, I just was afraid. I think I had a fear of having to leave because at the age of two and three, you don't really understand what a birth right. mom and well, All that is. Was anything said to you about who your birth parents or your family you came from? No, they just told me I was adopted. And I don't think they knew much about my birth parents at all. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So here I was, you know, the oldest of three. And we had a wonderful upbringing. We lived out in the country. My mom had a daycare so that she could be home with us in our early years. And my dad drove bus and was a school teacher. And when I was nine, they moved us out to the country and they had a business of their own that was really starting to flourish. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, both my parents were at home. The business actually was 
built and added onto the home. And so no matter what we did, we were not able to escape our parents. (laughs) (laughs) Escape, escape. Okay, that word. Why did you use escape? Tell me how the household was. Oh, it was great. I just occasionally caused a little bit of ruckus and then probably be in trouble and and whatnot. So no, it was a good upbringing. When I was nine, my dad dropped our TV and he never replaced it. However, (laughs) we had animals. Like my That must have been a traumatic thing. You remember when you were nine, your dad (laughs) dropped a TV. Now, was that a big thing (laughs) to to not have a working TV? No, it wasn't. Okay. Nope, it really wasn't because it kind of fostered our love for animals and hobbies. And we were in 4-H. We took piano lessons. So the only time we got to watch TV was when we went to piano lessons and I had my half hour of Scooby-Doo and my sister had Gilligan's Island. That's just the way it was. Okay. Okay. All right. I I don't remember. With age of nine, I don't know what was happening in my household. So, okay. So (laughs) it's strange you remember that. Okay. So moving forward, Mm -hmm. we went to a private high school and I was a three sport athlete, dropped down to two sports because I was absolutely awful at basketball. And it was, it was wonderful. It was great. We did everything that children should in their childhood. We belonged to every club. We had every animal. They really fostered our sense of entrepreneurship of okay. um, putting us to work for the business. So I, I don't have any complaints growing up. Okay. And then it was as a senior in high school, halfway, about halfway through my senior year is when I discovered that I myself was pregnant. Okay. You want to lead up to that? You just had a boyfriend and uh, you were just meeting or tell me the circumstance of that relationship. Well, yeah, there really wasn't one. What happened was I had after school before band practice was kind of goofing around with a bunch of friends and I broke my ankle. Mm-hmm. And so I was 17 at the time. And I was taken to the hospital and my, my foot was set and then I was brought home and by two boys. And it was about three months later that I discovered I was pregnant. So it's not, it wasn't one of those oops in the backseat of a car or Next, slow, like slow that. down, was... go back. You broke your ankle. <laughs> you were brought home mm-hmm. by two classmates. Uh, no, actually they went to a different school. Okay. And then three months, you realized you were pregnant. Now, something happened in between coming from the hospital and becoming pregnant. Yeah. yeah. You want to yep. talk it about happened. that? Yep. They, I really don't recall a lot about the evening because I was okay. on painkillers. Okay. Um, and they took me to my room. And that is, that's where that ends. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so now I don't mean to, place. and you share with me what you're willing to share, but that itself yep. was obviously just an experience for you, first of all, and in getting injured and then mm-hmm. recognizing after three months that you're about to become a mother. How did that right. all rate together when you first realized and how did you figure that out? Did you miss your period? Then you went to the doctor or what? No, I actually was taking a bath and I realized that I couldn't sink below the water anymore, which sounds really, really strange. But that was my first thing that I remember going, huh, something's going on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so what was the first, was the first thought that you were pregnant? No, it wasn't. In fact, I visited a local clinic and said, I really didn't know. I went to a local clinic and they told me. Okay. And when you got that news, were you alone? I was alone. I was very alone. Yep. And I never, after I was brought home from my ankle injury, I never saw them again for years and years and years later. And so I went home quite alone 
And I think I held on to that information for several weeks before I, I told anyone. Because mm-hmm. you were old. So, how old at that time? 17. You were 17. Okay. So who were the first person you told? Your mom, your dad? No. Being brought up a very staunch Catholic and going to church every Sunday, the last person I was ready to talk to actually were my parents. Mm-hmm. But we had two exchange students, one who had become very, very good friends of mine, friend of mine, and then my sister. So the one that's two years younger than me, mm-hmm. I told them first. And they were, you know, really protective of me and very supportive and just said, you got to tell mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so I finally did on the night of my 18th birthday. So that would, that put me at almost halfway through it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And but what was the reaction you, you got? Them, there was a lot of silence for a couple of days. Like I did not feel support mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a conversation like, they didn't look at me and say, okay, what are you going to do? We'll support you. It wasn't a super uplifting, loving thing. It took several days just for the shock to wear off. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my mom's first thought was, well, maybe you need to go live somewhere else. And mm-hmm. I was super hurt by that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, did she follow up with, I mean, <laughs> what was the hope? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to get in your mom's mind at that time, but what was your reaction to that? I almost expected it just because that has how, uh, how I was raised. There was, it was a very, very supportive, happy, loving family, mm-hmm. but it was a little bit on the cold side as well. Oh, so okay. okay. It was a little bit of a mixture. You know, my dad didn't have the greatest upbringing. My mom was brought up out in the country and I don't think her mom was real emotional. So, so that chip in our family was missing a touch. Okay. So the, yeah. sharing the emotions, talking and being responsive, being communicative, that was not something that you experienced as a child. So that's why it didn't surprise you when you first, when you were able right. to tell them and not really getting anything the first couple of days until your mom said that. Yeah. So when she said that, yeah. what did you say and what did you end up doing? So what I ended up doing was I ended up going to a home for a day and went along. I found a counselor. I found an agency. And we really didn't talk about what I was going to do. Just mm-hmm. like it was more of what are we going to do with you? Ah, wait, hold. <laughs> that, that's interesting that you say that. Mm-hmm. Not what are you yeah. going to do, but what are they going to do with you? Wow. Right, right. right. Okay. So I did go for a day. I packed up my stuff and, and I went for a day. In one day, I hated it. I hated it bad. And I missed my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so I did call them at the end of the first day. And I called my counselor that I had been seeing. And I said, please, just let me come home. I want to come home. I, I just let me come home. And they did. And I think maybe it took that day, even though it seemed like such a short time, that it only took that day for them to, to realize maybe it was a mistake. Okay. So, I mean, when and then, you reached out and asked to come home, what did they say thereafter for? Is it's okay for you to come home? We'll help you or what? What was said? After that, they let me come home and it wasn't really a we'll help you. Then it turned into the what are you going to do? And so then when they finally asked me, I was able to share that from the time I figured it all out, I was going to place her for adoption. Honestly, okay. I never thought of parenting at the time. Okay. And I had support of some members in the family because mm-hmm. 
as soon as I told my parents, the word got out to the rest of the family. And so I had supportive families. Like I heard the words that hurt. I heard the, how can you give up your own flesh and blood? Mm-hmm. How can you walk away from this child? How can you not want this child? Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, so I heard, oh, you're making a selfish, selfless decision. You're making the right decision. You're doing what's best for your child. So I had all the full gamut of every right. side. You had people me, in your ear honestly, talking to you. Yeah, you people in your people ear. People in my ear. Mm-hmm. 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 But okay. because I was adopted and because I had such a great upbringing, I just wanted my child to have that, not question whether mom couldn't afford an apartment or was mom going to have a car or are we going to eat tonight? Like all those questions. Right. Could I have done it? Most likely, most likely. But I wanted her to have everything that she deserved. Okay. Okay. So you were back in your home. So you went to the, towards the end of your pregnancy. And when you had your child, Mm -hmm. what happened then? So I graduated high school Okay. and yep. And made it through high school. I went to prom with a baby bump. I was <laughs> voted to be the, yeah, yeah. The track captain. So keep in mind, I was a free sport athlete. So right. that was the reason I was able to hide it for so long as I was working out two hours a day. Okay. So there was really no physical changes until I finally graduated and, and made it through. And then I went through my summer and then late summer, I had a coach from a nonprofit agency that went to the birthing classes with me okay. and held my hand through the whole thing. Okay. Because my parents did remain a little distant mm-hmm. and that's just the way it was. So but you were back I at home, you finished high school and the summer after mm-hmm. you finished high school, we were connected to a nonprofit that gave you support with the coach and other things Did you go through therapy or started getting a support groups yes. then. Yes. Yep. I started okay. therapy right away. And I went through the big book of parents' profiles of people looking to adopt Mm -hmm. and spent hours and hours and hours of doing that. Mm -hmm. And and finally settled on a few and then narrowed it down to the one that I picked. Okay. But while I was in the hospital, I had her for the three days that we were in the hospital. And my mom and my dad and my grandparents and my sister and my brother, everybody, all my friends, they came and they, they held this little girl. And in mm-hmm. fact, it's the only time I've ever seen my dad cry wow. was when he held her. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so that was probably the hardest part for me. Yeah. Yeah. Was that. You, you saw the love they had for you, but yet and still mm-hmm. they were not there to be there, as you say, support and comfort until you saw part of them you had that grandchild mm-hmm. you had that grandchild yep. okay okay yep. what was your deciding factor so, choosing the family that they had been waiting for a couple more years than the other families okay and they met all my criteria which was sometimes silly like I wanted her to have a puppy I wanted her to go to church on Sundays or have some sort of foundation or faith that she could you know believe in and build on okay and and then This is silly, but I wanted her to be an only child so that she could grow up spoiled rotten. Now, keep in mind, I was 17. Those things were important. (laughs) Because who's to say now that she didn't bring her into the family, they wouldn't be having someone else, another child. Yeah, absolutely. And they did it. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So that was a daughter. So you had your daughter, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, listeners, if you've been paying attention, 
when I introduced both Christian and Lindsay. I said, Christian is a birth mom, and Lindsay is a birth mom, and Lindsay is Christian's daughter. Now, what they say, the punchline or the, the one the other side of the story, Lindsay is not that daughter that Christian just gave birth to. So tell us about that, Christian. So three years after I placed my daughter for adoption, I was in a relationship that was fairly strong and lengthy. And so at the age of 21, I was pregnant with Lindsay and ready to be a mom. So that's just the way it was. She came home with me and yeah. All right. So Lindsay is your second child. You're a second daughter. And so Lindsay, let me shift to you. So when or if or what did you know about your mom's upbringing that she was number one an adoptee and number two that you've got an older sister out there talk to me about that yeah so i found out i think it was actually driving in a car we were in a parking lot somewhere mm-hmm. and my mom just told me she said i'm adopted uh, just suddenly, oh, Kristen, you just decided to <laughs> yeah. just say, I'm going to tell Chris, tell Lindsay to say, I'm adopted. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why we were on that topic, but I just remember being in a car somewhere and, and her telling me that. And then I think it was shortly after I got to meet like her sisters. There's uh-huh. two of them and they're, they're kids. So my cousins. So I, I faintly remember meeting them mm-hmm. and then my mom's birth father I remember meeting him because he had a car dealership. So we would, we went to the car dealership and I ate Snickers bar. I think I remember getting candy. <laughs> Kids remember candy, inside. right? You remember candy. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me stop you there, That's Lindsay. Let's go back most. to you, Kristen. When did you find your birth yeah. parents? At what age? <laughs> so I actually did not search for my birth parents or my daughter. I did not want to upset anybody's app. So they came looking for me. And the one thing I did do every time I moved or every time I changed the phone number, I would call the agency and let them know. So I made it easy. I did the same thing. I I made it easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Made it easy. Um, And they were divorced by that time. But on a side note, they eloped when they were 16 and they went ahead and had two more little girls. So I ended up having two full-blooded sisters out of the deal too. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, So at what age were you when you found your birth parents? They found me in 1998, so I would have been 28, and Lindsay would have been seven or eight. Okay, 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 good. So that was well after you had had, had your daughter. Yep. But before you had had Lindsay, right? Correct. Okay, good. Okay, coming back to you, Lindsay. I like to switch your rule mm-hmm. here. This is my first. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have some other multiple people on podcast, so still to keep tuning in. So, Lindsay, back to when your mom just suddenly announced, "I'm adopted." <laughs> yeah, and another memory I have about that. So, on my biological father's side, they owned this bar, McMurphy's, and I can remember my cousin on my dad's side trying to explain to me and I was like eight or nine at the time that he helped make the connection that my mom was actually working in the bar with her biological sister and they never knew they were related but they wow. were working together wow and he helped make that connection <laughs> wow wow so did y'all yeah. look alike Kristen you and your sister or you know had no idea and how did how did, how did this all come out that you end up being sisters <laughs> yeah 
we actually look very identical to the point where people would walk up to me and say things like, oh, you draw my blood. And I'm like, no, I'm not a nurse. And those sort of things. Mm -hmm. Yep. And people that we work with are like, you guys talk alike, you walk alike, you put your ponytail up alike, you smile alike, (laughs) what's going on? And we had no idea. And so when I finally agreed to meet them and I walked into Applebee's, there she sat. And all of our questions were answered. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, well, go, because Lindsay, you're just describing your whole history and legacy of your mom, your grandpa, and all of that. So continue Mm -hmm. on. Yeah, so those are the memories I have about that. And I am, as far as my older sister, I remember being in the garage one day, and my mom is terrible at hiding things, (laughs) uh, physical objects. I was looking in the garage, just kind of messing around, and I found this, this scrapbook. Uh And I opened it up and I saw this birth certificate and it said Kayla Herring. And I was like, who who is this? So I brought it to my mom and she said, she told me the story. She said, you have an older sister. And how old were you at that time? How old were you? I want to say 10 or 11, maybe. Okay. About that age. Yeah. And um, I remember being surprised. Part of me was very confused and hurt or jealous almost in a way because while I was kind of hurt that I just never knew about it and yeah. it, it was a lot to to take in and yeah I had yeah. always been the oldest uh-huh. at that time there was I had two siblings so I was always the oldest and now I was no longer the oldest right so right so maybe is that when you mentioned jealousy was that you were no no longer the oldest is that yeah too okay yeah okay, okay. And so when you learned about you had an older sister, did you want to find her, meet her? Yes, I was. I wanted to meet her. And I think it was shortly after, if I'm remembering right, I remember being in the kitchen and my mom got this letter from the agency and her kind of crying, saying that she got this letter and she's not exactly sure why, but it Uh might be because something had happened to her or that she wanted to meet us. And then it turned out she wanted to meet us and find us. Okay. And so I went with my mom. Okay. And we went to the pizza bar restaurant that she worked at and mm-hmm. met her there. Wow. I cried. <laughs> what was your first reaction when you saw her? Did do you two of you look alike? In ways, yes, I think we do. Okay. But it kind of I see a little bit of myself okay. in her. Yes. <laughs> so how was it between the two of you? You like what what's the age difference between the two of you? Uh 3 years. Okay. I think three years. Yep. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So do you remember what you uh, talked about? Do you have any questions for her? Uh, Does she have any questions for you? <laughs> I think she had a lot of questions. She's a lot more talkative than I am. Okay. But I just remember it being really emotional. Okay. And yeah, that's all, all I really remember we, uh, during the meeting. After that, because of the things that I was going through, we kind of had a rocky relationship because there would be some times where she would say something and then I would get angry and I would almost feel like she had no right to comment on things because she wasn't there for the last 10 years of my life. That was hard. So you had trauma and grief for her not being in your life, just like your mom missed your daughter, missed, missed her, uh, your sister. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk talk about that, Christian, for how it was it for you to meet your daughter? And what was what was it the years that you didn't have her in your life? The trauma and grief. You know, you had Lindsay three years mm-hmm. later, but yet it's still missing right. your your firstborn. Right. 
it was really hard. It was, I would almost have to say that Lindsay thankfully probably saved my life. It wasn't all puppies and rainbows. There was anything could make me cry. Specifically, Guns N' Roses came out with Sweet Child of Mine that same year. <laughs> I heard that song and it, I crawled into a shell. And I think with a closed adoption, people don't know how to talk to you or ask questions. Right. So it was just over and done. I went home from the hospital, mm-hmm. empty handed, and that was it. Mm-hmm. There was no talk. To this day, my parents still don't know, you know, who her birth father is right. or the circumstances. And so it was just not talked about. And so in all, honestly, I, I drank pretty heavy for three years and mm. so thankful that Lindsay fulfilled and saved me. It turned my life. She gave me purpose. You so know, that, that was a reason having and being pregnant with Lindsay was a reason for you to stay focused on your life and to become right. the person you were really meant to be. Right. Right. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that obviously, right. You didn't know who the father was. Has that been something that's been on your mind to be a DNA or anything to find out? Or has it, was that a question from your daughter? It was a question from my daughter. Okay. And by the time she found me, I did, I had figured it out between the one or the two that it was. So, mm-hmm. so that was, I was able to answer her with that information. Okay. Okay. Now, how was it with your parents when you did reunite with their daughter? It was very emotional for them too. And I think time goes by, they know there's a connection. They know that she's out there Mm -hmm. and to see that person that you haven't seen for 18 years, you, it's all of a sudden a a crying relief, Mm -hmm. you know, cries of relief essentially. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, they were not, they were very, very pleased to meet her. Okay. Okay. And what does she know about the whole situation? Why your real reason of placing and what you were going through? Does she know all of that? Were there some of her questions? Those were some of her questions. And I did tell her. So although I did, I helped her find her birth father. There was no, there is no real relationship between the two of them. And other than finding him, I certainly don't have anything to do with them either. Sure. Sure. Right. Right. So with what you've been through, Christian, I want to come back to you too, Lindsay. You're a daughter of a mom, birth mom and adoptee. And I I repeat that because all those are factors that relate to relationships and and all of that. So Lindsay, you were the three years different. So you said you were maybe what, 10 or more when you met your older sister. So how was life with you? Now, was Kristen, did you ever get married or was it two people in the home? Did you have your birth father, uh, Lindsay, who was obviously, well, who was that, Kristen? Yep, I mar- we ended up getting married and okay. we, we ultimately got divorced a few years down the line. But yes, it was a married situation and, okay. and uh, she had both of us at home. So, Lindsay, how, how was it in growing up with you as a child? You knew your mom was adopted. You found out that you uh-huh. did have an older sister. You did end up meeting your older sister, but how was life with you in elementary and high school? Talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. So it was complicated. I have my biological father. And then after my mom remarried, she got married again and he legally adopted me. My biological father signed his rights away. Okay. So I was with him a lot of the time growing up, most of the time. And then him and my mom divorced and she did get married again and 
that's I had my mom and my stepdad in the home when I met my older sister. So life growing up was a little complicated. In elementary, I was on the swim team. So I loved that. Taking after your mom with the sports, right? Well, I was just a swimmer. I wasn't anything else. I took after my grandpa. He was a swimmer, but I was a swimmer. School was very rough. Mm -hmm. I went to a private school. Kids were extremely mean to me. I was bullied a lot, so I didn't Mm -hmm. fit in. And so I was a very sad kid, I would say, at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, When you said you didn't fit in, what are you speaking about, Lindsay? Why did you feel Um, like you didn't fit in? I got bullied a lot to the point where I was just very depressed. I hated going to school. I didn't fit in their perfect. A lot of the kids, they were on the basketball team. They were in band. You know, their parents were still together. They worked at the big hospital in, in town. I didn't really have that I kind of came from a different world okay and I had some yeah some depression a lot of depression issues and they knew that and they made fun of me for that so right I just didn't really fit in with them right right okay okay so Mm -hmm. you Christian going through what you're going through number one you've had a divorce and had remarried and meanwhile you've got these two daughters your oldest and Lindsay and you're managing all of that how are you dealing with all of this? Because I just, Lindsay has just shared very honestly about all the things mm-hmm. she was going through and it was depressing to her and she didn't fit in. How were you feeling about yourself in life during that whole period of time? Well, during that period of time, I think I overlooked anything that I was personally feeling because I was very protective of her. I think she was in third grade when we found the first cuts on her arm. So I knew that there were things going on. I raised holy hell, honestly, at the school, but it wasn't recognized and the bullying was going on. She, for instance, won the third for an entire school. She was in third grade and she won the spelling bee. Mm. And yet they teased her for that. And then the following year, she got second place in the spelling bee. And then they teased her for not winning it. Like there now, was you a, know, there and was I make no this statement. Winning. I make this statement because bull- <laughs> people who are bullies are really stupid, <laughs> you know, yeah. and because right. really what you just said, Lindsay in the third grade and she won the spelling bee for the whole school and to tease someone for that, you know, but at the time you're getting the bullet, you, you don't see that. You see that it's right. to hurt. It's to hurt. It's to hurt behind It's to hurt. It's to hurt behind So. Yeah. So, so I knew there were things, there were dark times in her life and, Mm -hmm. and I was going through a lot of stuff myself, but she was my focus or Mm -hmm. I thought was my focus. And then I will say that I probably the biggest mistake I made with her was not telling her about her older sister. Mm -hmm. So although Lindsay is the child that I cut my parenting teeth on and Mm -hmm. we have been through hell and back uh-huh. together and uh-huh. so our bond is probably stronger than anybody mother-daughter team that I've ever met uh-huh. but it, it did hurt I should right. have told her hey right. this is a situation and I didn't and for her to find that in the garage in a yeah. scrapbook yeah had to have hit hard yeah yeah you know uh listeners I, I don't know what I've shared it shared it in the very first of starting the podcast so this is gonna be a two-parter it's gonna be a two-parter 
because as I said, by having both Christian and Lindsay, they both have their own stories and giving good, just granting the opportunity to share those stories. We're going to end this part one on it just by, I want to hear from Lindsay and then I want to hear from you, Christian. How have you made through it? What has been your foundation? And at that comment, I just heard you say, Christian, that you and Lindsay are one of the strongest mother and daughter teams. That's a lot. I really appreciate you saying that. And for the fact, you've built that so how have the two of you built that with every bump in the road with her and me not ever choosing any of my situations or even at times husband Lindsay was my focus so whatever she was going through I supported her I believed her and I never minimalized it and I think that's where our strength came from and I think that's where she knows she can lean on me because I will always no matter what back her up right right Absolutely. How about you, Lindsay? What has kept you and you know that your mom is there for you? Yeah, I've just, I always have growing up this vision of my mom, like as superwoman. Mm -hmm. Anytime I've had a problem (laughs) or advice, like I know that I can go to her and she has the answer for it. Or she's like this force that can like swoop in and fix everything and like strong arm someone and and help me out. I've just always felt that way about her. Because like she said, we have been through hell and back. I've put her through hell. And she's always been there on the other side for me, no matter what. Even if it was tough love. Yeah. yeah, No matter what. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we've talked about the hot topics. we got some more to come. We're going to end this part one of this session with Kristen and Lindsay. We'll be back with part two. And as I said, remember... Lindsay is a birth mom. We can hear more about her story on the next time. You've been listening to D. Yvonne Rivers, host of Birth Moms Real Talk, platform with birth moms will share their journey. And we talk about the hot topics and things that people don't want to talk about. We are real with you here. You've got some real stories, really honest, heartbreaking, but positive and joyful stories with Kristen and Lindsay. I'm going to call them the dynamic duo. And so we're going to hear more from this dynamic duo on the next episode of Birth Moms Real Talk. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then.